big and tough, and not as light as she used to be. Um, just good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to see all of you coming out on such muggy weather tonight. And those who are visiting, I'm going to read out of uh, the book of First Peter. Teach out of the book of First Peter. Probably just kind of tell a story of what I experienced today. And as far as the um, jambalaya plates go, I know we keep changing the the dates on you. Several of our students uh, just got their forms this past week. And so, um, Burl Myers felt, and and we felt it would be good to go ahead and push the date back. So, the jambalaya plates, um, we're we're probably going to wait until after we take care and sell the strawberries before we proceed with the, with the jambalaya place. So that's going to be probably in March. Um, we'll, be, uh, we'll give you more of an official date, and that will give our, some of our students more time, more time to sell. But in the meantime, you're more welcome to buy strawberries and help us sell, sell strawberries. That's one of our main fundraisers that will help us get to, uh, to HYC. And so we're only short a few thousand, not much. All right, First Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 15. And uh, just just that verse is what I'm going to read. It says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you of the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And I'll read it again. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Um, let's go before the Lord in prayer and then you... Walk and be seated. Thank you, Lord. Help me to teach tonight. Let your word fall on fertile ground. Touch every honest heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Brother Matt's handing you out a piece of paper and a pen. And you can participate in this in a little bit if you want. It's up to you. Um, afterwards, I'm probably going to have... Um, let's see. I don't see Brother Matt. Brother Tyler, uh, Tyler in a little bit after they fill out this... Um, piece of paper, I'll tell them what it is to fill out. Um, then if you can collect and bring it to me, I'll probably read read some of their responses to it. Um, so, like I said, I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience today. Um, I love the, uh, love the game of, um, love the game of football. I never really played it growing up. Um, I tried out when I was in junior high when we lived in West Texas. And um, we lived in San Angelo, Texas for many years. And I don't know, just the boys out there in West Texas are just um, a whole different breed from Abilene and Sweetwater. And um, I think they feed their sons hay for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I was looking to be involved as a kid in junior high, and so... um, so football looks pretty fun. So I remember trying out for for the football team. I was five foot three, or two hundred and ten pounds, soaking wet. And um, I remember when they put on that gear. That gear looked like it swallowed me completely. The helmet was uh, the smallest size they had, and and um, it wasn't very secure. I would turn my head, but the helmet would still stay in the same position. So, uh, but there was a drill that we did. Um, well, first I found out you had to, you had to do two a days. 
I said, what does that mean? They said, well, you got to have practice in the morning, eat a quick lunch, and come back for practice again. So they lost me on that. And then, um, and then there was a drill I remember doing one time where they told me to run towards a uh, – uh, the the coach had tossed a, a, a black flag to the ground, and I was supposed to run to it. He didn't tell me what the drill was, but I didn't see any obstacles in the way. It was probably about 10, 15 feet away. I said, this must be a sprint drill. It's pretty easy. I'm small. I can move pretty fast. And the last thing I heard him say was, brace yourself. I didn't say brace myself for what? There's nothing in the way. But my helmet was so big, I couldn't see that to my left was one of their, 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 their uh, starting linebackers. Um, and his job was to tackle me as hard as he could. And so um, I don't know if that was supposed to benefit me to learn how to take a hit or help, help him in terms of how to hit a moving target. But as I got close to the flag, I, I thought I was going to do real good, and then the next thing I saw was the blue sky. And, um, and when I came to, they were all looking over me. And so needless to say, at the end of the day, I turned all my equipment in and said basketball was probably the best uh, best route to go and so um and so as you know you all know um i work for a, for a men's men's health company a clinic now and so they they talk about a lot about sports and we're on the radio a lot and um and um and um, they have televisions in the clinic and sports is on a lot and so i have a co-worker that um has been bugging me for a while and he loves sports and he's trying to get me to play fantasy football i don't even know what that is I have no fantasies, and I don't, I don't like football that much to have any fantasies. So, um, but he's trying to get me to do all kinds of stuff, and and so you know, um, around this time of the year, and um, if you are out socially and in public, you know that um, the Super Bowl is coming up pretty soon, and, and it's a big event here in in the in the United States, and so they've got games going on right now, and and so he kept bugging me about betting on a game, and I said, dude, I don't, I do not bet. I said, I do not bet, I don't, uh, and and so I was trying to I was, I was trying to, to to brush him off. He kept bothering me, and he said, Well, what about lunch? Bet me a lunch. I said, His name is Ravi. I said, All right, Ravi, who's playing? It's like uh, the Eagles and the Saints. Okay, fine. I like I like the Eagles. A bird. I picked the Eagles. He said, Well, you want to look at the statistical analysis and all the rushing yards and stuff? I said, No, it'd be all right. I picked the Eagles. And so <laughs> Saturday, I was keeping up with the game on my phone. And at the end of the first quarter, the Eagles were up by two touchdowns. So I was starting to think of the restaurants he could take me to uh, to eat. And then by the end of the end of the night, as you know, the, if you keep up with any of that, uh, so I end up today having to take him out for lunch because I lost. So that's why you don't gamble or bet, all of you. That's the that's the lesson right there. And so, but but I thought, well, what's the harm? In the end, I end up going out to lunch with a coworker. I really don't I'm not very social at work. I don't really go out to lunch. I, I, I bring lunch from home and I eat in the office, and so um, went out to lunch with him today. And um, and in the conversation, you know, we start talking about different things, and um, he began to talk about me and and uh, my, my personal life. He talked about how how I met my wife, and I said, "Well, I met her." You know, we both grew up grew up in church, and so he said, "Oh, you go to church," and so then that began the conversation of our faith or of of my faith. And so then he asked us a question. He says, "Well." Um, I said, yeah, well, he said, yeah, what kind of church you go to? I said, well, I go to a Pentecostal church. You know, Pentecostal, expressive worship, tongues. He goes, what? I said, uh, I've never heard of that. I said, seriously? I said, you never heard of that? Pentecostal? Come on, everybody knows about Pentecost. No, what is it? That's a loaded question. 
what is it? And, and, uh, and I was not in line with this verse of Scripture at all because I was not ready to give him an answer uh, for the reason of the hope that lies in me. And so you have your paper right there. And, um, and so I thought about it, and you can fill this out if you want. You can just, or you can bypass the activity. But in less than 30 seconds, I want you to imagine you have a friend you've been trying to, to you have a friend or a coworker or whoever it is, and they ask you the question. Pretend they've never heard of Pentecostalism or what it is that we believe, and you have to explain it to them in 30 seconds. One or two sentences. Ready? Hang on. Let me get my, let me get my, uh, stop. Let me get my uh, phone out. For those who want to participate, if you don't know, then that's fine. If you don't turn something in, I'll just believe that you don't have a reason. But for those that do, let me do seconds here. On your mark, is it go? Go. 30 seconds. If your pen doesn't work, it's not my fault. That's Brother Matt's fault. What is it? What are we? What do we believe? 30 seconds. It's a straight to the point kind of thing. Okay, 10 seconds left. Oh, man, I need our students need a lot of work, as you can tell. All right, 10 seconds. Brother Tyler, are you done? Oh, he's still working. He's still working. I, I'm not done either. I mean, I, 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 I tried doing this, and it was hard for me to do it within under 30 seconds. So one of you, uh, Brother Chris or Tyler, y'all want to pick up these papers. I'm going to read it out here in just a little bit. You can still fill it out as they're walking around if you want. 30 seconds. So that was, that was challenging because, because for a second, you have to really stop whatever it is that's going on in your mind to think, wait a minute, what do I believe? What is the reason for my hope? Why am I here on a Wednesday night? And so, <coughs> I'll, let him, I'll let him collect. And so what I end up doing, uh, so Ravi caught me off guard, and I stammered so bad. I mean, I didn't know what to say, how to say it. I mean, I knew what I wanted to say, but I was completely caught off guard, as you all were tonight, which is always good. Okay, it is, an anonymous writer says, it is an experience we believe it is an experience, I like that, an experience. We believe in repentance, baptism, Holy Ghost. Jesus is God, there is only one. Wow, what, what a, uh, yeah, that's good. That is good. You are not giving him an option. Pentecostals believe that Jesus is our Savior. We believe that Jesus is God, and we believe in the book of Acts. Experience, someone forgot to add it in here. Experience and for salvation. Repentance, being baptized in Jesus' name, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Very good. I'm not going to read all these. We believe in the Bible, ask the word of God. Jesus is God and it dwells in us. We are obedient to his word because that, that's our expression 
of love to him. Uh, that is awesome. That's excellent. Experience and his word. I like that. And uh, what else do we have here? Greatest experience ever received of God. Read book of Acts. Okay. Maybe just one more. We are literally crazy for Jesus. Wow. Great. They might look at you and think just that. <laughs> A little crazy. All right. I'll lay all these here. Something tells me one of our kids did that. Uh, so I found myself jumping all over the place. I could not give Ravi an, uh, an answer. And so finally I was able to... Um, um, explained to him a little bit. Some of you know I came out of Catholicism uh, many years ago. Long, long history of that um, in my in my family. And so I told him about my experience and how God uh, changed me over the years. And I made a, co- a comment to Ravi, and I said, you know, if it was not for God, I wouldn't be in such a good place as I am now. And he asks me, "Do you really believe that? Really?" You really believe God did all that for you and, you and all that you have right now is because of God? And just as sure, and I know you're not supposed to post a gamble or, or, or bet, but I was already in the middle of it paying him for lunch, so I said, you bet your bottom dollar that God is the reason why I have everything it is that I have. And I find it amazing because Scripture says, and to be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and a fear. And uh, a man of, uh, uh, a, a very famous man that comes to my mind and a prominent apostle is that, uh, is, that is uh, the Apostle Paul. As you know, in the New Testament, he wrote a majority of the epistles. And I love Paul. Paul is one of my, if I had a top five, top three um, uh, heroes in the Bible, the Apostle Paul is one of the top three. And I love Paul because when you read the life of Paul, Paul was always ready to give an answer. Whether he was on a ship that was about to be shipwrecked, whether he was standing in front of the governor Agrippa, whether he was in prison by the Roman emperor, doesn't matter where the apostle Paul was, he trained his life to always be ready to give an answer for the reason that is within him. The reason why he did what he did. The reason why he can undergo all of those trials. In one of the books, it says that he was stoned and he was beaten and he was cast asunder and his friends left him and he was naked and he was ashamed and, 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 and he was naked and, and, and he was he was left wanting and, and and cast out of the city. Three times was he beaten and all of these things and yet he did not stop living for God. He didn't stop living for what he believed because the reason of the hope inside of him was so strong. And I challenge us tonight to do what Paul did and to be where he was at. That everywhere Paul went, Paul was ready to tell somebody about what Jesus Christ did for him. 
If you read the testimony of the Apostle Paul when he stood in front of Agrippa, even while you're reading that as, as a reader, it is very gripping because he explains to Agrippa how he was on the road to Damascus. He explained to Agrippa how he was persecuting Christians because he thought he was doing the right thing. Growing up at the foot of, um, I think it was Gam- Gamiel, a Jewish scholar, probably pronouncing his name wrong. But he was persecuting Christians, and he thought he was doing the right thing, and he thought Jesus was a false. And so he was taking letters on his way to Damascus to, just, to kill, some more, uh, kill some more Christians. And during that journey, as, as, as you, those who have read it, on his way to the road of Damascus, the Lord showed up. And the Bible says that a light shone and knocked Paul up off of what he was riding, and those around him couldn't see. But the Lord spoke to, to, to um, uh, but Jesus spoke to Paul as clear as day and said that I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And from that moment on, that experience with, uh, with, with God was so strong that Paul never forgot about it. Paul remembered that wherever he went. It is one of the most powerful testimonies in the New Testament when he stood before Agrippa and explained to him the reason for the hope that is in him. That he used to believe that, there, uh, that Jesus was not the not the, the Messiah. He thought that Jesus was a false. He was persecuting. He thought all those who believed Jesus was a false until he was given the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom he writes about in his epistles, that I have seen things that it is unlawful for man to see. The things that Jesus Christ revealed to him, it was so powerful of an experience I love whoever responded that our faith is an experience. I don't know what that experience is for you. I remember what that experience was for me. All of us has a different experience. Every apostle has a different experience. Thomas experienced Jesus and accepted him as Lord and Savior when he felt his scars. Peter had an experience when he denied the Lord three times and realized what he just did. Paul had his own experience on the road to Damascus, and every single one of us in here has and experience. And my admonition to you is, will you always remember the experience that God has given you? Can you in a moment's instant stand before the House of Representative or the Senate, which will never happen because they don't want to hear anything we have to say, but can you stand before powerful men and women or your neighbor or whoever it is and at the drop of a pen know and can elaborate and articulate and explain the experience you have and how it changed your life so much that that king that that king agrippa even said paul you almost convinced me to be a christian Because the reason of your hope was so powerful and so valid. My question is, what is the reason for your hope? And I was was sitting there talking with with, uh, Ravi. You know, his family's from India. He's Hindu. 
And so when I got to talking about Jesus being God and he's the only one, he didn't pay me much attention because they believe in many, in many gods. But Ravi begins, to my amazement, the Bible says, be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. And before I could tell Ravi the reasons of the hope that was, in, was within me, Ravi told me the reasons for the hope that is within me. He said, you are a very different 27-year-old. I do not meet 27-year-olds like you every day. Because Ravi's 27. And he dropped out of college. He's been in multiple relationships. He's been scarred. He's been hurt. He lives with his parents still. Works a minimum wage job. Lives for the weekend. No, I'm not getting on to Ravi. He's a good guy, but I'm explaining to you the difference. Struggles financially to keep a job. I think he's going to be quitting our job here pretty soon. In February, he's starting another job somewhere else. And he told me today over lunch that it's very hard to live the life that he does. He says going clubbing is not that fun. Experiencing those things are not that fun. It's a hard, hard life because it brings you through things and it causes you to experience things and it hardens you over time. And he says, he says you know, they call me Tim, Tim at work. Says, you're very different. You don't think like I do. 27 years old, you're very well established. You've got a career, beautiful wife, beautiful daughter. The outlook of the future looks bright. You plan ahead. And he reminded me of the reason of the hope that is within me. And Ravi asks me the question, are you positive that God is the reason why you have all of that? 110%. And all of you uh, have what you have and, and are here tonight and are able to take a breath and, and have the blessings in our lives because it is God who gives those things. He is the reason for the hope that lies in every one of us. He is the reason for the hope that we come on a Wednesday night I don't come because I expect the cement to rise and some dead person to come up. I should, I guess. But I come because there is an expectation. There is a hope. I've been in the presence of God before. I've experienced some things in the presence of God that is life-changing. And I come on a Wednesday night, and yeah, the presence of God sometimes doesn't move like like we uh, uh, um, um, uh, lift lift up on a on a on a Sunday like it should. But we come anyways because there's an expectation that if Jesus is in the house, anything can happen at any time to anybody. And so. Both of us are 27, very different places in our lives. The book of Proverbs records this. It says in the book, uh, book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18 to 19, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. That ought to encourage somebody. That if you're living for God, the path of your life will only get brighter and brighter. And the way of the wicked is that's darkness, and know not at what they stumble. 
reason defined by Google is a cause, explanation, or justification for an action or event. And here's, here's what I want to say. Many times we are not ready to give an answer because we tend to forget the reasons for our hope. We, had, we went to eat ramen today. And I didn't give a reason for my hope because that ramen was very good. And I was not in a place to start talking about God. And it's very easy to become robotic in our actions. Day in and day out. Nine to five. And so the question is, why are you here tonight? I explained it earlier, but Think about it. Reflect on it. Why are you here tonight? Hardly anybody's here. On Garth Road, 5901. Why are you here? Other, and I know, I know some are sick. I understand that. But the question holds, why are you here? It's because we're expecting. We understand the principle of being faithful. And God has been good to us. And we do it in honor of him. Not because we have tremendous praise singers, not because someone is going to be teaching, not because we have a tremendous pastor, but because we have a tremendous God who has been faithful to us. That's why we're here. And it is him who gives us a reason to be here. So I hope you have good reasons. What is the explanation? What is the justification? I teach our students all the time that if they ask you why you do what you do, please don't say my parents, because my parents make me. Or, I don't know, it's what Pentecostal people do. I hope not. That's not a good answer. The Bible says, we'll break down this verse of Scripture. That's all I'm going to focus on tonight. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. The word sanctify means to set apart or consecrate. But set aside God in your hearts. The book of Proverbs, chapter, same chapter, chapter 4, verse 23 says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. We cannot escape life. We cannot, and so if we can't escape life, we cannot escape the issues of life. Some of you right now have many other things going in your mind. And when I sit there and I'm listening to somebody else here, I do the same thing. Our job, our children, our finances, our stress, health, whatever it is, that is, that is, that is the issues of Life And so how do you sanctify God in the midst of all of those issues that are plaguing your mind and plaguing your heart? It is the answer is simple, personal, daily devotion to him. What is that? That is daily prayer. That is daily reading what his word has to say. Before he sent the apostles out, he prayed for them. And the end of his prayer, the end of his prayer, this is what he says, John chapter 17, verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. The word of God 
will start sanctifying a place in your heart in your heart for him. Even so have I also sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Why did he say that? Because he knows that in the world there will be problems. In the world there will be troubles. In the world there will be issues that plague us. But if we can sanctify ourselves with God through prayer, if we can sanctify ourselves through daily reading of his word, then we are and will always be ready to give a reason of the hope that lies in us. And you are here tonight in the middle of a busy week. You know what you're doing? You're sanctifying a place for God. You're keeping your mind on the Lord. You're keeping your mind on his goodness. You're keeping your mind on the things of God. Have you ever had anyone, you know, I, I, I didn't get this privilege of having a grandma like this. I think of Aiden hanging out with Sister Grant. Or some of you been around grandparents or people. You're around them for five minutes. And the rest of the stay, who are they talking about? What are they talking about? Talking about how good God is. See those flowers right there? They ain't rain for days. But uh, I started praying, honey. It rained, and God brought those flowers up, and the stories will come one after another. And that is somebody who has sanctified the Lord in their heart. And whether you want to hear about him or not, you're going to hear about him. And as I was was, um, preparing this, I can't help but think of some of the elders in our in our in, in our church, Brother Blackie, who's not here tonight, Brother Mike Sale, Brother Buddy, if you were to ask them at any moment in time, they will be able to give you, I promise you, an answer for the reason of the hope that is in them. And so, ready is uh, defined as in a suitable state for an activity, action, or situation, being fully prepared. Are you fully prepared? Are you fully prepared? Because I was not today. Always is defined as at all times, on all occasions. Can you mow your lawn in the hot Texas humidity? And you're sweating. And your neighbor comes up and he's asking you for something. And the conversation, for whatever reason, shifts towards the topic of God and shifts towards the topic of religion. Can you, in a moment's instant, do what the Apostle Paul can every moment in his life? And that is to be able to give a testimony and a reason of the hope that is in you. Because that moment is probably the most important part of your day. Can you have lunch with a coworker because you lost a bet and the subject gets to God and the coworker is of Hindu faith? Can you explain to him within 30 minutes the reason for the hope that is in you? Because if you can, you have beaten me.
because I couldn't today. Many times I've worked in the hospital caring for sick and those who are ill. And because of my work and my job, I'm very careful with who it is. I, I, I get onto the topic of God and telling, him, and, and telling them about him. But a few times that God has opened that door and that opportunity, I, I was able to be sensitive enough in the midst of all my caring and in the midst of all my duties and responsibilities to stop and explain and tell somebody the reason for the hope that is in me. I was telling Brother uh, Ashcraft the other day when I was working in the intensive care unit, I had a guy that came in all the time, psychiatric illness. He would swallow razor blades. The reason he did that is um, he didn't know he had a very disturbed childhood, and so he would swallow razor blades, and the reason he did that was so that he could have surgery. Because surgery, well, he did that, number one, because he got attention by going into the emergency room. Number two, he got pain medication that he needed, and then he got to have surgery and got more pain medication when he was in the emergency room. I mean, when he, when he, when he was in the ICU, cared, on, cared for him on three different occasions. And so I remember taking him down for a scan, to the, uh, uh, for a scan of his abdomen, going to the, uh, to the um, 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 a- MRI or CAT scan, and I was bored, and I was sitting there. We were waiting. Someone was getting their scan. So I had focus on, on the family app on, on my phone. I just wanted to do something, waste time. So I was listening to a little bit of that, and the topic got to about God and things like that. And, and he kept looking at me for a while. I, I turned it off, you know. Didn't want him to turn me in. So um, I, tur- I turned it off. We got back up to the room. I was going in and out of the room. He had a Gideon's Bible there in his lap. And I was in the middle of my routine of passing out medications and things of that nature. And out of nowhere, he called my name into the room. He said, Tim, come here. His eyes were, his eyes were teary, and he said, what do you know about God? At 2 o'clock, San Jacinto Methodist Hospital, ICU patients in critical condition. He says, because I just turned my Bible to the book of Acts, chapter 16. And I asked God for a sign. I'll tell you what it says. Book of Acts chapter 16, the first verse. Then came he to Derby and Listeria, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish and believed, but his father was Greek. I said, my nurse caring for me is Tim. Tim, come here. What do you know? And I did my best, not to, I did my best to explain to him, but at the same time, not cross the the, the blurry lines of policy. And, and and I told him we're down the street. I told him you need to repent. I told him what I could in the time that I had, and he was weeping, and he couldn't stop weeping. And I told him what it was that God did for me. And I want you to be able to do the same thing. And I didn't do that today, and I'm disappointed in myself. But can you, in a moment's notice, when critical things are going on, and things are pulling at your attention, and someone comes to you that you've been trying to win for a while, or a coworker, or a brother Tyler works at McDonald's. I think that's a wonderful job for, for, for a teenager. And, and he tells me all the time, I tell people at the front desk before, you know, you know, God bless you. Have a good day. I think that's, that's wonderful. Can you, at any moment, working at a plant, working in an office, wherever, tell somebody 
about the reason of the hope that's in you. I understand policy. I understand you can't blur those lines. But the kid I was taking care of, the young man I was taking care of, his hope wasn't coming from anywhere else. It wasn't in hydromorphone. It wasn't in morphine. It wasn't in any of those things. It was only in one thing. And I said, that's what you're looking for. That's what you're looking for. Not another shot. I, I, and I was very straightforward with him. And he could not stop weeping. God doesn't open up those doors a lot for me. But when he does, I try not to miss him. I'm going to close pretty soon here. Been long enough. 824. Reason. Reason. I reread that to you, a cause, explanation, or justification for an action or an event. I want to leave you with this thought. What is the reason for your hope? What has God done for you? Where has he brought you from? What has he brought you through? What has he given you that you don't already have or need? What is the reason for your hope? My reason is Jesus. My reason is the cross. My reason is the blood on Calvary that completely altered and changed the course of my life. Let's all stand tonight. I'm finished. I was thinking all day about what to teach tonight. That was the hardest part is to be in the will of God hope I was, pray that I was tonight. I felt so strong in my experience with what I had with my coworker, and the scripture came to my mind. Let's go before him um, in prayer, and, and uh, I think Brother Grant's going to come in and say, say some things. Lord, we love you. Thank you. Help me. Thank you for helping me tonight. Help us to always remember the reason of our hope throughout our day to be ready at all times and on all occasions and at every moment to have a reason, Lord. And God, help us to always uh, have a reason to tell somebody and never forget that, that reason, Lord, because many times we're not ready. We're not always ready because we forget those reasons. Help us daily to sanctify ourselves in a place in our hearts through prayer, the daily reading of your word, and to always be ready to give an answer to somebody because this is what it's all about. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.